Wonderful to be with you today. Such an exciting time. It's uh, been a long time since my wife and Laurel and myself have been back home here. This is our second home and we always love being here. And uh, because of all the circumstances, you know, we haven't been able to be around and we are so blessed to see all the wonderful changes. And also just to take this moment and to say to Pastor Larry and Mandy, well done on the 15 years of ministry and praise the Lord, we know that it's still just the beginning for many things to come. And it's so exciting to be here as we come and share the word of God with you today. And we thank you for the truth of God's word that always brings truth into our lives, that strengthens our lives and takes us from glory to glory. Let's just pray over the word right now. Father, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit. Wherever we are at this particular moment, that the Holy Spirit within us teaches us, guides us, and leads us into all truth. And so today as we come, let us have ears to hear what the Spirit would say to us in our lives. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I want to share a word with you this morning about the inner warfare that you and I have to deal with in our lives. You know, we have different types of warfare uh, coming against us. We know we have all these outward pressures, all the outward warfare that comes against us in life, and uh, we have to deal with those things. But I want you to know that there's an inner warfare that you and I need to be aware of that the devil uses to come and attack us to bring us to a place where our lives are not effective to God. And in this particular time that we're living in right now, we know that we are in extreme warfare. There are so many uh, things happening against us, going around us right now, uh, the, uh, the floods of thoughts and lies that the devil is bringing against people right now. There's a real uh, time right now where we need to be aware of what's going on around us. And there's an assault against us, especially in the kingdom of God. And I want you to know the devil is coming against the church and he's trying to make the church, uh, bring a church to a place where it's not effective. You know, it says this in Matthew chapter 11, 12, it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until this present time, the kingdom of heaven endures attack or violent assault, and violent men cease it uh, by force as a prized possession, a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought of with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Notice that it says, even right back from the times of John the Baptist, it says that the kingdom of God has suffered violence. You know that word violent in the Greek speaks about assault. And I think we'll all understand today that the church has been under assault. The devil is really trying to stop the church from being what it should be. But on the other hand, it says that the violent there is a different Greek word. It speaks about those that are energetic, those that are passionate. The people that are passionate about the kingdom of God will take the kingdom of God and go forward with the kingdom of God. And so we need to understand that today, that the kingdom of God is under tremendous pressure, even all the days that we live in. But right now we can see how the pressures on people, the lies that the devil is bringing against people. You know, people are, uh, we hear the word today that people are speaking about more than anything else about mental health. And all of that mental health speaks about the lies that the devil is bringing against people because he is a liar. And the Bible tells us that the kingdom of God, for we in the kingdom of God, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers and rulers of darkness in heavenly places. And so we need to understand today, this is a spiritual warfare that you and I are in right now. And the devil is a liar. We need to understand that today. You know, that's who he is. John chapter 8, verses uh, 44 says this. Um, uh, Jesus was addressing the people that were saying to him, you know, you're not the son of God. Prove that you're son of the son of God. And he turned to them and said, you are of the father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the lusts and gratify the desires which, he character, which is characteristic of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand for truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks... He speaks falsehood, and when he speaks, he speaks uh, which is natural to him, for he is a liar himself and the father of lies and all that is false. So we need to understand today that the devil is a liar. We're right where you are right now. If you're watching this online right now, I want you just to declare and say, devil, you're a liar. That's what he is. He's a liar. He can't tell you truth. And you know, he will lie to you. He is lying to people today. He's trying to make people think we're never going to make it. He's trying to make us believe that things will never be the same again. But I want you to know things are going to get better. We're going to become stronger. Hallelujah. We're not going to be weaker because he's trying to weaken us by all these thoughts and the lies that he brings against us. So why does he lie to us? Let me tell you why he lies to us. Because he wants to deceive you. He, that's what his plan is. He wants to deceive you. You know, in Revelation chapter 12, 9, it says, And the, the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent. Notice that he's called the old serpent, called the devil, and Satan, which uh, deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, and, the, and his angels were cast out with him. Notice what he has, comes to do. He comes to deceive us. Now, what is deception? Deception is this, is when you believe something is true, but it's a lie. When you believe something is true, but yet it's a lie. And that's what he wants us to do right now. He wants us to believe that things are never going to be the same. He wants us to believe that we'll never recover. And he's trying to present it as truth right throughout what's happening in this world. But you know what? He is a liar. And we need to understand and unmask him. Let him take off his mask and tell him he is a liar today. And so you need to declare today that the devil's a liar. So today I want to speak to you about certain things that the devil will creep into your inner life, your spiritual life. These things will come into your life. And at the end of this message, I'm going to make four statements which are going to be very important for you to understand and hear so that it brings this whole message together so you can understand why he will attack your inner man. He wants to attack you on the inside because he wants to make you ineffective in the things that God wants you to do. And so the first thing that he does to people is that is he will attack your inner life with pride. Pride, he'll try and get you puffed up with pride. And I want you to know one of the things that we always have to keep fighting off is pride. Because pride is like just kind of creeps into your life like a web. It just comes in slowly, and before you know it, pride is operating in your life. When you start thinking you're better than somebody else, when you start thinking you can do things on your own, 
when you start thinking that you don't need God in your life anymore, then I want you to know that you are being caught up in that web of pride in life. And pride is a terrible thing because it stops God from working in your life. You know, here's a story Jesus was telling a parable in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. He was doing that story about uh, when Jesus taught this parable to those who were convinced that they were morally upright and those who trusted in their own virtue yet looked down on others in disgust. That's what a pride person does. They think they're better than somebody else. Two men went up into a temple to pray. One, a proud religious leader, and the other was a despised tax collector. The religious leader stood apart from the others and prayed, Oh, I thank you, God, that I am not wicked like everyone else. Uh, They are cheaters, they are swindlers, they are crooks, that That tax collector over there, like that tax collector over there, and God, you know that I never cheat or commit adultery. I fast from food twice a week, and I give you tenth of all that I earn. This tax collector stood alone in a corner, away from the holy place, and covered his face with his hands, feeling that he was not even worthy even to look up to God. Beating his breast, he sobbed with brokenness and tears, saying, God, please, in your mercy, because of the blood sacrifice, forgive me, for I am uh, but not uh, worthy, I am a miserable old sinner. Which one of these, Jesus said, do you think left home uh, that day reconciled to God? The humble tax collector, not the proud religious leader. For everyone who praises himself will one day be publicly humiliated. And everyone that humbles himself one day will be publicly honored. Uh, And it goes on and says, and be lifted up. So pride is something that really, I believe, has something to do with what God does in your life. And it stops God from working in your life when you become pride in the things of life and the things that you way you think of yourself. You see, proud people always think that they are right and they have a false estimation of themselves. You know, proud people will always lie to cover up things because they're too proud to admit their faults and failures in life. So we need to understand that pride really is something that the devil wants to attack you with in your life because he knows that it will cause God to stop working in your life. And pride actually comes from the devil. (laughs) You know, the Bible tells you this, that he was a worshipping angel. He was an archangel, a worshipping angel. And I want you to know, can you imagine, he was in the presence of God and he used to bring worship to God. And you know what happened? He started to let pride come in to think to himself that, I will be like the Most High God. He said, I will be God. And I will lift up my throne. I will exalt myself. I will do all this. And so pride came in. And so pride actually originates out of the devil when he's lifted himself up, thinking 
that he was bigger than God and greater than God. You'll find this, that it, that it teaches us this in Ezekiel chapter 28, 17. It says, when it, uh, addressing it, says, Your heart was proud and lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you into the ground and I lay you before kings that they might gaze on you. So it says that it'll cast him down to the ground. And that's exactly what pride does in life. It brings you right down. And so we can see how pride can be a problem for you and I in life. The Bible actually teaches us in Proverbs 6, 16 and 17. It says, these six things does the Lord hate. Yea, even seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look. A proud look. Have you ever looked at people sometimes when they walk around and you can feel that they, they let off that arrogance of a pride look? They make you look like you're inferior. They make you feel like you're inferior. Have you ever been around people where maybe you uh, weren't so affluent in life or you might have been in a time of struggle and you get around people that are affluent and all that and they got this haughtiness about them? They make you feel like you are lower than who they are. You are a lower class than who they are. And I want you to know all that is a pride and it's an abomination to God. God hates pride. And we'll see later on why God hates pride so much. We see in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5, here's another scripture we want to look at that can really speak to us. It says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Now listen to that. Listen to what it says. God resists the proud. You know, what does resist mean? It means that he stops you. And so I got my wife Laurel here to do this with me. You know, we've been married, but you know, there's times that we want to approach each other. You know what men are like. You know, we want to approach my wife. And there are times when I want to approach her, but, you know, I've been speaking ugly to her. Or I haven't been treating her right, but I want her now to be nice to me. So what happens when I come to her and I want to approach her? I get that feeling of resistance. In other words, she's saying, no ways. You've got to make right first. I resist you. And that means I can't come close to her because she keeps on resisting me. Thank you so much, my sweetheart. Hallelujah. That's exactly what that scripture in the Greek means. It means this. If you are proud and you come to God, he resists you. He resists you because you're proud. And so what does pride do? It stops God working in your life. That's why God hates pride. And that is also why the devil will try and attack your inner man with pride because he knows that's what it will do. So that's the first thing we need to be careful of and be aware of that we don't allow pride to come into our life. The second one is this, is that he will attack our inner life with what we call doubt. And he will bring doubt into our lives and he will throw things and keep throwing things at your, in your life that will keep you and wanting you to doubt God. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to doubt God because he knows uh, that saying that goes doubt or, and go without. And so doubt is something that comes to question God. Uh, doubt the devil brings is something that he will always bring blame to God. And he wants you to doubt God. 
You know, in Genesis chapter 3, 1, we see uh, in the Garden uh, of Eden, yeah, that uh, Adam and Eve were having a wonderful time, a great relationship, fellowship with God. And I want you to know the devil wanted to come and to break down that relationship between God and man. And so what did he do? The first thing he did is he came in to question God in their minds. And so it says in Genesis 3.1, it says, And the snake that was more clever than all the wild animals that the Lord had made had asked the woman and said, Did God really say? Did God really say? You must never eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the garden. So the first thing he did is this. He started to get them to question God's word. And he's doing the same thing today. The same thing he's doing today is getting us to question God's word. Does, questions God. Does God, does God still answer prayer today? He'll question that. And you'll sit back and you'll say, you know, I've prayed for certain things to happen and they haven't happened. Well, maybe God doesn't answer prayer. And he rides on that thought so that he can get you to doubt what God is doing. And you know, many times if we look around what's going on right now, we'll have a look at what's going around. You say, you start questioning God. Well, how come God this happened? How come that happened? How come all these things are happening? And he will get you to put blame on God from your inner man. That's what he wants, wants, what he wants to do. He wants to get you to in a, a total place of doubt. And without knowing this, that a lot of people are blaming God for a lot of things that God has got nothing to do with. And we need to understand that today because you need to understand 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4 tells us whom Satan, the God of this world, he is the God of this world. You know that the devil is the one that's causing havoc in this world because Adam sold out his authority to the devil and the devil is the God of this world. Well, one day his time is going to be up. But I want you to know he is the God of this world and he is causing a lot of problems and the devil is getting you to question God and blame God for what the devil is doing. You know, don't ever say God sent COVID. God's not the one that comes and sends COVID because COVID kills, steal, and destroys. How can I say that? The dividing line scripture in the Bible is John 10.10. 10. It says that for the thief comes not to but skill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, life, and it have it more abundantly. Can you say amen? So everything that steals, kills, and destroys, you can relate it to the devil. Everything that brings life and blessing and abundance is God. So you need to understand that today when you read the word of God and understand these things that he does. He'll question. You know that he even questioned Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, we call it the Mount of Temptation. He even, he even got Jesus to try and doubt himself. He said to Jesus, you know, if you be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. He said he knew that Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus knew who he was. But you know, he still wanted to bring that unbelief and doubt of who we are. You know, how many of you know many times the devil will try and bring doubt into your life and try and doubt your salvation? Start doubting who you are in God. Start doubting your ability. But I want you to know greater is he in us today than he, the devil that is in this world. Amen? 
<clears throat> so we need to understand that today. That is the greater one in us. James chapter 1, uh, verses uh, 6 to 8 says this. But when you ask, it said, you must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one uh, who doubts is like a bellowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. For such a person might not, must not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. Being a double-minded man is unstable and restless in all ways, in everything he thinks or what he feels and decides. And so we can see that it talks about how doubt makes us double-minded and we up and down. You see, when people doubt, one day you believe in God for something, the next day you don't believe God can do it. You can't live on that basis of thinking God will do something one day and then speaking like he'll never do it another day. That's the kind of things that happen when the devil brings doubt into our life. And so uh, the saying, like I said earlier, on goes like this, doubt and go without or believe and receive. So you need to believe and receive. I love the scripture in Mark chapter 11, 22, 24 says, Jesus replied, let faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth I am speaking to you. Whosoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt, does not doubt, mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes what he says will happen he will, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe whatever you ask in prayer. Be convinced that you must receive it and it will be yours. Believing and receiving. Amen? So don't allow that doubt to attack your life. The next one, number three, that we want to speak about today, the next inner attack that I believe that the devil brings into our life, and a lot of people don't even recognize this one, but I think it's one of those very subtle things that he uses in life, and that is he wants to bring imbalance into your life. He wants to push you to extreme. He wants you to push you to excessiveness, and he wants to bring your life in a place of being imbalanced. Why? Because when your life becomes imbalanced and excessive, it becomes vulnerable. Your life becomes vulnerable. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if you uh, give all your time to work and you spend hours and 12, 14 hours a day at work and you're not concerned about your marriage or your family, your family and your, your marriage starts becoming vulnerable. And uh, if you're a guy that loves to stay home and never goes to work... Uh, then your job becomes very vulnerable. Hallelujah. So there's a balance uh, in anything we do, a good balance. We have to have a good balance. First Peter chapter 5, 6 and 8 tells us, be sober, be well balanced, be well balanced and self-disciplined because it takes discipline to remain balanced. Uh, be alert and be courteous at all times. The enemy of yours, notice it says this enemy of yours, Okay, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone he may devour. But resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted, established, immovable, knowing the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world 
that you're not the only one suffering alone. Amen? So we see that the balance is so important in life. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, every one of us can probably think about some times where you've allowed your life to get out of balance. And you know that when you started to get your life out of balance, how some of the areas of your life became vulnerable and started falling to pieces and you had to get yourself back into balance. So look at somebody next to you right now that's watching with you and tell them, have a good balance. Have a good balance in life. The key in life. You know, if you want to live a stable life, the key to have a stable life is to have a balanced life. Keep a good balance. Keep both of your feet on the ground. And that's a good balance to have in life. Let me go on and talk about the last one that I want to speak about uh, uh, to you guys. uh, Is another one, another inward attack. And this one is such a, a one that I believe becomes so prevalent sometimes with people. The devil wants to attack your inner life with judgment and judging other people. It's all about fault finding. You know, when people want to judge other people, and all they do is find fault with other people, always looking for things that are wrong in other people's lives. They start speaking the wrong things about other people in their lives, and all that's what they do. They don't realize that it's something the devil is getting them hooked into and webbed into because it grieves the Spirit of God in their lives. In Ephesians chapter 4, 29, it says this, Let no foul polluting language, nor evil words, nor unwholesome or unworthy talk ever come out of your mouth, but that which speech as is good and wholesome or beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing to give grace and God's favor to those who hear it. Not to be speaking about other people. You know, uh, you know the proverb says this, that some people just love to speak about people. It says they like dainty morsels to them. You know, these coffee shops, have you ever seen the coffee shops with the large, I don't want to get into trouble with the woman, yeah, but you know the women, they sit at the coffee shops and they can gossip. They can sit there for hours and talk. They just love talking. And you know what? Let me say that to you. There's a, there's a real danger when you start speaking about other people and judging other people and, and talking how bad other people and their faults are. You know, it's, a, it's a, a dangerous place for you to be in because it really does hinder the move of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 1, 2, 3. Do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged, criticized, and condemned uh, yourself. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and condemned. And in accordance with the measure that you use, that you deal out to others, it will be dealt out to you again. Why, why do you okay, stare um, uh, from... Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, why do you stare from without at the um, very small little particle in your brother's eyes, but do not become aware of the, and consider this great big timber that is in your own eyes? Hallelujah. So, you know, we, we always, 
make our things look small and other people's problems bigger. But I want you to know, take the beam out of your own eye before you try and take it out of somebody else's eye. And so when we criticize people, I want you to know it grieves the Holy Spirit in our lives. So today, as we just start to close this, why does Satan attack your life or your inner life with these things? Pride, doubt, extreme or imbalance, uh, excessiveness, and in judging other people. The reason is this. The reason being, and he knows it, is number one, because he knows that if pride is in your life, it will stop God working in your life. Number two, because he knows that if you allow doubt into your life, it will stop you from receiving from God. Number three, he knows, and he knows it, that if you have an imbalance, an extreme life, or excessiveness in life in areas, he will cause your life to become vulnerable. And the next one is he knows that if you judge and fault find and gossip about other people, you grieve the Holy Spirit in your life. Can you see if you look at those four points why he will attack you with these things? Because in what that's saying is he'll make you totally ineffective for God. So we need to be aware of these things. We need to keep fighting them off. You know, sometimes our biggest warfare is not the things on the outside of us, it's the things in us. The things we've got to deal with in our lives. These things come against us all the time. He attacks us. You know, he attacks us. Why does he attack us? He attacks us because of the Christ that's in us. He's attacking us. He attacks us for what we stand for and what we believe. You know, he doesn't attack us just because we're somebody special. (laughs) He attacks us because that he knows that if we walk in righteousness and in strength and in power with God, we are a threat to him. He knows that. So he's going to keep on coming at your inner man and trying to attack you. But we just got to be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. And in the power of his might. And so... I just want to share this word with you today to encourage you just to be aware. Don't allow yourself to get deceived by what you see around you and the things go. Always go for what the truth is. Jesus said you would know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. And so today we believe that God's word is what sets us free. And you know the word of God has the power to change our lives today. You know, and as I speak to you today, I don't know if you're viewing with somebody. Maybe it might be your first time that you've come online. Maybe you're sitting with somebody and you really don't know God. And you've never experienced Christ in your life. I want to give you this moment today. Just allow God to touch you through his word today. Allow God to minister to your life. He loves you today. You know, like we heard with the communion, that's why God sent his son. His blood was shed. That's why we have communion. For his blood to wash us from our sins and to cleanse us. And that to, to eat of the bread that brings wholeness to our lives. And if you today have never 
made a decision for Christ, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, and you will know today whether you're saved because you know on the inside whether you know God. And if you don't know Him today and you doubt, maybe you've been fallen back and you've stopped serving God and you want to take a moment just to renew your walk with Him, why don't you just pray this prayer with me right now? Just say this just where you are right now. Say, Jesus, I believe today you are the Son of God. You are the Christ. And that you came to save me, to forgive me of my sins, and to wash me in your blood. Today I receive you, and I believe today in my heart that you are the Son of God, that you died for me. And I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I receive you as my Savior today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for washing me in your blood today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just say that there will be information that you'll be able to contact the church if you're not in contact and you'd like to ask anything to help you. Please don't hesitate to do that. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today as we glorify God. Amen. Praise the Lord.